Welcome back to the Fight Pit. I've got Gage. I've got Sean. We're going to do a little recap of the insanity that was UFC 291. And we're going to preview some fight night. Sanhagen versus Font going down this Saturday, August 5th at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Before we get to that, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Liquid IV, the best hydration supplement on the market. Listen, I live in Colorado. It is dry as can be here. We are having the heat Yes, we had a little bit of torrential downpour there for a second, but it is back to good old desert climate. So I am needing my liquid IV and you can get it for super, super cheap if you use our link down in the description. So give liquid IV a try today. Now, let's talk about UFC 291, starting off with the main event. Justin Gaethje. Wow, that guy is just electric to watch. His, his leg kick setup, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I talked about it. Justin Gaethje has one of the best leg kicks in the entire sport of MMA. That is just a fact. And he used that leg kick so perfectly to set up that high kick. And Gage, just like you said, Shadow Realm. Shadow Realm. Dude, talk to me about, like, what do we do with Justin Gaethje after this? Uh, like I said, uh, when we were doing that last fight, fight pit episode covering that card, the BMF is a gimmick, as we all know, and Kyle's put it in his promise a great opinion on what they should do with that going forward. Like, that's not about you defend. It's really not. Especially being what should be the number one contender at the weight class now. It's not going to defend some gimmick bullshit belt. Hell no, he's going so for that undisputed gold. I think that's the next step. Honestly, like, who else but Justin Cage here at this point? Dude, he and like that's the thing. It's like Justin Gaethje's in his prime right now. Like it is his time to go, and that has been obvious for like, I feel like his last few fights, it's been like, all right, like he had a little bit of some hiccups with with a few of the best fighters in the world because we know lightweight is absurdly stacked. But Justin Gaethje is still one of the most phenomenal talents in the lightweight division, Sean. Do you think the title shot should be next for Justin Gaethje, or are we just blowing smoke up his ass for no reason? Oh uh, yeah, it should be next. The only other thing that he could possibly do is the money grab if he does decide Connor, just because it is it's a sport where you're you don't get as much money as you think. I think I saw a space uh one of the one of the videos I saw on YouTube said he made like one point three mil. It's like with Connor that's easily three mil. Oh, no doubt. So it's like it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, the title is good. you add on a win bonus when you fight Connor, yeah. so like, there's always yeah. that. And I have going to get pay-per-view points, so. I have no faith in no. Conor McGregor. Honestly, I have no faith in Conor McGregor coming back. I don't think he's going to fight. That. Like, I I, I, at this point, I, I'm kind of sick of it. It sucks yeah. because I loved watching him come up through the rankings. Mm -hmm. Like, 2014 McGregor was one of the most fun times for MMA. There's no doubt about that, but. I'm just sick of it. I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of this guy. And like Justin Gaethje called him out, called his bluff. And I I, I really think that that's the only place that's going to go. Like the tweets back and forth. That's, I don't think that materializes. You, you don't really, you can't really make that fight because we're expecting Conor McGregor's next fight to be against Michael Chandler. Like that is what has been presented to us and what's supposed to happen. And Connor's not eligible to compete in this calendar year. You're going to ask Justin Gaethje to sit around, wait for Connor to get off the juice, maybe fight Michael Chandler, 
probably lose that fight and then sit out again for another extended period of time. And all of a sudden, Justin Gaethje is past his prime, does not have an opportunity to go for a title shot. I think... I, I don't I don't like the money move for Justin Gaethje. I really don't. I think that he's got to go for gold next. And speaking of what's next for fighters on this card, on the other side of this fight, Dustin Poirier, he is he past his prime? I'm just going to ask it straight up. Is he past his prime? Uh, I don't believe so whatsoever. It was a great setup. Anyone's going out to that kick. That anyone in welterweight's going out in that kick. If he did that against his uh, his training buddy Kamaru Usman look what happens it's going to go out so the that was just a beautiful setup beautiful knockout he honestly Dustin Poirier and Gagey had a great first round it was a coin toss I had Gagey a little bit at winning that round but it was it was a coin toss so the fight was great it was going yeah. well so it's not past this prime it's just one of those things it's a knockout it happens uh <clears throat> we'll see after next fight Next fight is where we will see, is he past his prime? What's yeah. the case? But I do think he needs to go in there with another beast. He can't just be like, hey, I need a, a shutdown fight. Like He needs a fight like a Benil Dariush or something. He needs to stay up there. Man, I want that fight. That'd be fun. Benil Dariush and Dustin Poirier, that would be a blast. And uh, Lightweight really just <laughs> has been sustained so competitive at the top. Mm -hmm. It's so deep at the top so Justin Gaethje getting the best or best of Dustin Poirier it's not necessarily the most wild thing like it was a close it was a close betting line it was really a toss-up as far as technique in my mind I thought you know Justin Gaethje obviously has more power than Dustin Poirier Justin Gaethje punches harder than almost anybody at lightweight I'll, I'll just say that but Dustin Poirier I, yeah I I guess he still is. He's got some prime left in him. I would love to see him fight a Benil Dariush. That would be an absolute blast. Um, and he can absolutely entrench himself back at the top of 155. Gage, what do you think's next for Dustin Poirier? Uh, he It's a reload. It's not a reset for him. I like it. He's been fighting the highest of the high in the lightweight division for, for the longest time. At this point. So he's still uh, competing at an insanely high level. I'm doing it for a lot of years. I do say him having another two, maybe three years of this absurd competitiveness. But then you get into like segue into our next comment. You get to Tony's Ferguson territory and he's got oh. like <laughs> Kenny Rogers say, you got to know when to hold, know when to fold him. And that's what Poirier, keep holding him. Still an insane competitor. Still has a lot of left in him. And the potential's there. You can go anywhere, yeah. get another shot, or just keep putting guys down on top five. Like, here's what I want. I want Max Holloway to move up to 155 because, like, sometimes a guy just has your number. Volk has Max Holloway's number. Volk's one of the best fighters in the world. He's our number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter. We sent that list out earlier. Volk's unbelievable. <laughs> Max Holloway at 155 fights Dustin Poirier. <laughs> That would be a blast. They fought oh, twice, haven't they? I, be I believe this would be a trilogy. I believe it would be yeah, a, like think, a trilogy fight. I think fight. both are Dustin's, but they're both by decision, and they were good fights. Both they were good so. fights. Why, why not make that fight again? I don't even care if, that it's 2-0. Like, if there's a rematch, I want to see Max. I want, not Max, I want to see Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker again. 
after Dan Hooker's oh, last that fight. fight was ridiculous. Dustin Poirier and Dan again. Hooker again. Oh, I would watch that. I would yeah. absolutely watch that. And like, that's the thing. Like, there's so many exciting fights that you can put Dustin yeah. Poirier in. Like, after that first round with Justin Gaethje, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of my favorite fights of the year. And then mm -hmm. knockout, which still very exciting. But I was, I was expecting yeah. that, you know, 2018 fight of the year, Dustin Poirier, Justin mm -hmm. Gaethje fight on, just on repeat after that first round. Like, the guy is allergic to boring fights. Speaking of being allergic to boring fights. Derek Lewis, I, I had to, I had to wear, I had to wear my Derek Lewis shirt and eat my words because I did not, I, I didn't believe in him, and I should, and I should, I didn't believe in him, and you know sometimes you just throw some bullshit and you see, if it <laughs> you just oh. see if it lands, and my bullshit wow. did not land, it certainly did not, I, I, I went against Derek Lewis and I should not have. What a what a glorious way to reclaim the knockout crown in the UFC. I mean, I I don't know where you go with him from here because he still is on the decline. He still is that aging out veteran, but man, he's still fun to watch. And that made me so happy. Like that made me so happy that Derek Lewis was still fun to watch. Oh, it's it's not just his fights, but Derek Lewis the person will always be a draw. Like. Dude. He's one of in the anything he does. Dudes. He is one of the most entertaining and just humorous human beings that fights for fights for a living. He is his, ridiculously. His post fights honest. interviews are unmatched. It, it's 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 honestly staggering because you think you think you're you, you think you're ready because at this point we know who Derek Lewis is. When it was first like starting up, where he's letting his personality show, we were like. Oh, who's this guy? And now we're used to it, but still, you have you have no idea what is going to come out of his mouth after he scores a knockout win like he did. Or if John, he just like, strips down after oh, knocking someone out, drops the shorts immediately, gives it's, him the DS suck it too, and starts whipping his shorts around like. Dude, the DS like, chop was everything. How many other fighters are doing that after you no see someone no into oblivion? No one's doing that besides Derek yeah. Lewis. And but like, why do you take your shirt, your shorts off? Oh, uh, my balls! Are, uh, you know, like, <laughs> everyone, but everyone that was watching that knew what he meant. Could hear it in their head. Oh, my balls oh, yeah. is hot. Yeah. Oh, immediately, like, oh, endless sound bites out of Derek Lewis. I mean, the question just becomes, where do we go from here? That the, the and, and truly, I don't know. Like, Sean, do you what do you, what do you do with Derek Lewis here? Well, first thing is you have to sign him to a contract into a decent amount of fights because one other reason we haven't mentioned, PFL can go after him. And there's a guy named Francis Ngannou over there. And both of them want that fight back. Derek Lewis, Francis Dude, Ngannou, imagine, probably the most boring fight ever. Can you imagine if ever. PFL gets the like actual version of that fight, how pissed yeah. the UFC is going to be? So they have, to sign, to pull that off. Yeah. they have to sign Derek Lewis just out of spite of making sure that doesn't happen. Wow. Like, it, like honestly, did not even think of that. Did not yeah. even think of that. PFL swooping that. in and getting Derek Lewis. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind yeah. it one bit. And that you know, you have to start so it with that fight. You have to. And like frankly, I think the UFC does need some competition again because mm -hmm. 
the heyday of Bellator and, you know, Cage Warriors and, and all of these, you know, rival promotions, that was when the UFC was putting together some of the most ridiculous fights and some of our favorite fights that we've ever seen. And now it's like the UFC's kind of cornered the market on the top talent in the world, which makes sense because they technically write the biggest paychecks. I don't know if that's necessarily even true anymore, but that was true. And that was the allure. You know, you had that, you know, it's the UFC. It's established. It's the promotion. It was the, it was it was always about getting the allure of that established promotion. But that has also created some stagnation. I feel like the UFC doesn't have to be the best because you're still going to tune in. So I would honestly, I would not mind Derek Lewis getting signed by PFL. And then you get Francis and Ganu, Derek Lewis, and the actual version of it. I like don't see that it. happening at this point in Derek Lewis's career and his age. Really? I think he signed back with UFC just off principle and shit. But what's next for Derek Lewis? What, what if and when he signs with the UFC? Man, he's, I think he fights Alexander Volkov again. That was a lot of fun. That fight, you know, it it felt. I felt so bad for Volkov after that fight because he was winning. He was winning the yeah. whole time. Yeah, no, I would not mind Volkov. Lewis Volkov's too. ranked at seven right now. Derek Lewis at ten. Makes sense. And the first fight was phenomenal. And it was a great Volkov's fight. coming off a two-fight win streak against uh, Jorzerio, and I can't think of the other dude he just beat. Romanov, yep, Romanov. Yeah. After losing to Tom Aspinall. So sure. I think that is if Derek Lewis comes back to UFC, that's that's gotta be the fight. Because yeah. I think that's a big draw and it's a good good fight. Oh no. Yeah, no, I don't I would not mind a little Alexander Volkov versus Derek Lewis too. That would be that would be fun. But now we gotta talk a little bit about a guy that maybe shouldn't be uh Coming back to the octagon, this hurts me so much to say that Tony Ferguson's done. Uh, I, 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 I don't know done. if you all have seen it on the social media side of things that uh, we went from Tony time to it's time, Tony. And oh, oh, yeah, oh, that oh, hurts. And that, thing. like, reading that for the first time right after the fight, I was like, oh, that's that's it's, tr- it's so true, but it still hurts so bad. And like you look at that, you're like, damn it, it it is Tony. It's it's time, dog. It's like, time. Oh gosh. Ah, uh, it hurts me dude. because that. And like he's showing cool. the side effects of all these bad, bad head in, head injuries Just being put down, out. Man. It hurts so much because like that run that he had. One of my favorite, I, I, like regardless of weight class, one of my favorite runs of fights. That you'll ever see like he fought viciously he fought like he had everything to prove and man he just he, he's just a step behind now that everyone has kind of lapped him for i don't even know why it's inexplicable it sucks because tony ferguson is i mean it's tony ferguson what, what more can we say about the guy he's He's that man. Sean, I mean, talk to me about this. Well, usually UFC does six fight to eight fight deals. 
So I don't believe he started making a new deal after he lost two or three in a row. So his deal is either up or very close to being up. Out of he ended up getting like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this fight. I do believe Dana is going to have to have a talk with him. He was on vacation. That's why he did no post-fight press conference. Nothing. He he's going to have to have a heart-to-heart talk to him. Basically, be like, "Hey, man, that's it." And unless it is legitimately he has one fight on his contract left and they put him against the lowest bum that's not in the rankings, like somewhere like 40th in the rankings, which oh, the lightweight division has that much. But just so maybe he has a shot at getting a win but if he right has one fight list. left. Oh. If he has one fight left on his deal. But if he doesn't have one fight, they got to cut him. Yeah, and it's got to be the Ro- Robbie Lawler treatment. He's not even, on, not even on the main card. No. And which sucks because Tony was such a big draw still because everyone loves him. And like, like same for like, funny bring up Robbie Lawler. I I think of those guys kind of the same categorically, mm-hmm. and it feels right that their careers are kind of coming to a close around the same time. Robbie Lawler just laid him down, and you know both him and Tony Ferguson provided nothing but entertaining fights, and really were massive contributors to the sport. And there's no doubt in my mind Tony Ferguson will end up in the Hall of Fame somehow. Like, he will be a UFC Hall of Famer in, in some way, shape, or form. But, man, it is – it. JG hit it right on the head. It truly is time. It's time, Tony. You got to hang him up. And now, gosh, we got to shake off some of this gloom and talk about something a little bit more exciting. 205, what is going to happen? You have a split decision between Jan and Alex. Alex comes out with the win. I will accept that I said Jan was going to win this fight, but in the same breath, the decision was split. Our decision was split. So you're welcome for the continuity. Now moving forward with both of these guys, I, I it's kind of just wide open at 205. I don't even, I don't even know what you do at this point. Yuri seems to be like definitely fighting for the title i feel like it's i feel like it's kind of impossible for jamal hill to be expected to fight and like it, it's kind of bad faith but in the same breath yuri stepped away from the title for an injury jamal stepping away from the title for an injury sucks but it's kind of been the precedent so far who's fighting for the 205 pound strap now that alex is in the mix this is this is ridiculous i don't even know what to do here I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw something on social media that Yuri wants to wants to fight Alex for the 205 belt, and that's been I going like around. That I like that fight a lot. But off principle, uh, Alex needs some time. Like, I don't know how he bounced back when he absolutely lights out sleep by Izzy to coming back and putting on a great performance against Jan. Looked good. Looked really good. And they tested his chin, tested his ground game. He looked good at 205. Looked like he should be there normally. Because he gained, he was up to almost 230 from Dude, rehydrating. That, oh, that after that post weigh-in picture of him like up he, at like 230. Like I said in our free uh, 291 card in an episode, the man just sits there. Like, that's where he should have been. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, like, <laughs> this is where his body naturally wants to be when he's hydrated. It was the perfect. Um, it was always the perfect weight class for him. So my thing is, as much as I'd like to see Alex do it, I would. If I'm the USC, I would give him a rest, 
let him recover and then schedule Yuri versus Jamal and then Alex fights the winner of that. Yuri versus Jamal and Alex Bayara, you slot right in. You are the number one contender after we figure out I, who the hell the champion is. Yeah, I, I figure that's the best way to do it because no matter which way you look at it, it doesn't look or feel right if you jump either one of those guys that held it and had to vacate due to injury. Yeah. No, so I, I think did. you got to let them do it out, see who's really the undisputed 205 champ, and then let Alex right at him whenever that can be scheduled. Man, it feels like if the light heavyweight title is not held by somebody named Daniel Cormier or John Jones, it's just cursed. Like, Sean, who's gonna, who, who's coming out on top in this? Oh, shit, John Jones just comes back down to 205. <laughs> I swear. He might avoid Tom Aspinall after that performance. Tom Aspinall's that guy. I've talked about that. Like, Tom Aspinall has been my guy since he debuted. I'm like, he's gonna be champion. Okay. Right he's gonna be champion. And he's going to be a champion probably for a they while. They need to make Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich. That needs to happen. Yeah, that's got to happen. I oh, on that that's train. quite awesome. That's oh, got, awesome. Him. got him. Got him. The over-under of two and one. a half that's minutes. That's going to be a number one kind of fight. <laughs> over-under of two and a half minutes. Does he even make two and a half minutes, that fight? So. Oh, God. No. That would be no. so much fun. I think it, uh, I'm going to take the over there. You think so? I'm Ooh, taking the over. Two and a half minutes? Yeah, I'm taking the over. Oh. It's not leaving the first round. That's yeah, I was going to say, does it get to the yeah. first round, second round? Is a, is a much uh, better question. Not <laughs> yeah, a chance. Not a chance there's a chance conversation now. with the corner well, other yeah. than you won the fight or, hey, good to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. But back to 205, the first big question is when will Yuri be ready? If Yuri won't be ready for five months or so, it's like, all right, then you could do Yuri versus Alex. But the thing is, Jamal just had Achilles tendon tear that he had the surgery, that's usually a year before training. So he's 18 months. So Ooh, there's no way we can, there's no way we can wait for that. Yeah, so it's got to be Yuri versus yeah, Alex. It's a Yuri versus yeah, Alex, Alex or, um, oh, what's um, the other, the, the, he's fighting on the Abu Dhabi card. Uh, uh, oh, give me one second, I'll be talking about. Matt, uh, the one that, uh, that draw with Jan. What's his name? Hey, buddy. Fucking a. Uh, Magomedov, Magomedov, is that correct? I think it's Magomedov. Yeah, no, it's it's. And it's he, he's a, he's fighting oh, on that card. Magomed Ankalev. Yeah, Ankalev. Oh my god. And and he's fighting. Uh, oh man, I cannot remember who he's fighting. But if it's five months, those guys fight in October, and if one of them finished the other you have yuri versus one of them but you already have yuri as the number one contender he's already Clear called cut. the shot with alex and basically dana's going to be like well basically our champion without being crowned is going to be calling the shot let's just do it and on top of it who doesn't want to see those two fight like no, that's good. just going to be brutal awesome. that's brutal that'd be an awesome so, fight no and so it's, that has, it's really i think that's the fight yeah, it's so interesting that we've just unanimously decided Yuri Prohashka is the guy because you yeah, watch I mean, him. For all intents and purposes, he is. He is the guy. You watch him fight and you're like, how is how is he still standing, A, because he has such low hands. He And he throws strikes from the Bro, weirdest Bro, that fight with Glover was insane. Awesome. Was awesome. 
He, oh, oh, he's sir. one of the most dynamic fighters. Probably also, his gas tank to pull off a submission in the fifth round that late. Dude, he what's dude. reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Dana White's reaction to it was great. He was he's like 20, the perfect, like AI generated, create a fighter in UFC four. Like that's the that's him. That's who you create. Yeah, yeah. that's Thank the guy. That you the know. dude's also a character too. Oh, he's so, oh, he's such a great character. Yeah. So that, now that's that, also yeah. a big draw. Like if you're Dana White, you want to see that guy. You want that guy the in the octagon as often as possible. You want to see that yeah. guy as often as possible. But that's enough discussing UFC two ninety one. It was <laughs> a great weekend. We we. We went like three and we went three and five. I'll, I, oh, I won't no, say we that we were four and five because I messed up this. The, I messed up the split decision, so I'll say I'm a three and five. Y'all went four and five. Moving right along, we've got a fun fight night. We've got a fun fight night going down in Nashville. All right, starting off this main card, we've got an exciting lightweight fight. Sean, talk to me back. Talk to me about Ignacio Bahamones versus Ludovic Klein. All right, uh, Ignacio is. 14 and 4, and Klein is 19, 4 and 1. Both fighters are known for more of their knockouts, but Klein actually has quite a few submissions under his belt. Ignacio does not do anything when it comes to wrestling on the ground. He is off his back. So he is a very BJJ style when he's on the ground. While Klein, he can do wrestling, he can do some BJJ. So when it comes to on the ground department, I'm giving it to Klein. Ignacio, on the other hand, is six foot three at lightweight and has a reach. Like what are like insane. That is his, 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 he's gonna be saying to the outside, he's gonna and he's he's gonna be piecing them up. Um this I believe is a dark horse of being fight of the night. Obviously, the main event looks like it should be fight of the night. Neither guy looks like I don't think either one finishes each other. But this one, if that fight somehow gets finished early, I say this will end up being fight of the night. Uh, I think it will be a three round war. Uh, it's really if Klein can get the wrestling in and then do some ground and pound or get the submission. Uh, I do think. Um, Ignacio will stay up. His defense for ground game is very good. Being 6'3", very good range. If he finds that range early, it, it might not be fight night. It might be him just piecing him up for three rounds and may even get a finish by knockout. Uh, my pick is, I already said, Dark Horse for fight tonight. I think it's going to be a war. I think Ignacio does get two rounds at a 3, 29-28 by unanimous decision. And I do believe will get fight of the night there we go calling your shot for fight of the night and i can definitely see it like this is this is a fun fight this this really is a fun fight and i do think klein is going to be able to get the grappling going i think he's going to be able to close that distance and i think that that he does have a little bit of an advantage as being the shorter fighter and the wrestler having the lower hips he's got a lower center of gravity he will be able to use that to his advantage if he's smart about it now that's the question i don't I don't really foresee I don't really foresee Bahamonas being able to stick on the outside and keep him at bay that long. Like he'll be able to do it initially, don't get me wrong. But I think Klein's just gonna be relentless. I think he's gonna keep on pressuring. I think he's gonna try and look for many clinch situations, try and go for a trip, maybe try and get a 
maybe try and get a sweep in there. And I do see second round TKO by ground and pound for Klein. That's where I'm going with it. Gage, talk to us. What do you think? I mean, it's hard to add anything to the excellent analysis of my co cohorts here. Um, you guys really broke it down. If client gets can get the take work through the takedown defense, it's it's game. Like we've seen it before. He only works through things on his back. Doesn't have a lot of offense off the ground, and will just try to fight to get to his feet, which means he's not going to sprawl around. Really give him a lot of different looks on the ground if he gets down there. But to say that if it stays on the if it stays on the feet, I think it does go to decision. I don't think anyone gets put out on the feet. But if it does go to decision, I don't think Klein wins because he needs to rely on takedowns for all the points if it goes to decision. But if he can't get past the takedown defense to get the points, he's not going to get past the takedown defense to get the submission or the ground and pound. So it yeah. really it relies very heavily because I don't see him if he does get the takedowns that he doesn't finish out. Yeah, so I think it, it, you know, all eggs in like one basket, give or take. It's completely does the takedown defense on stand up, or does it give way? Because that's that's really going to be the tell of the fight. It's going to be a fun fight. That I really can see that being fight of the night. That that is that's going to be a lot of fun. Moving right along, we've got a little bit of light heavyweight action. We've got Tanner Bozer taking on Alexa Kamor. Bozer is the favorite in this one, which I find kind of interesting. He's got one win in his last five. You know, it's his second fight back at light heavyweight. He's a pretty basic, okay grappler. He gets most of his most of his wins via KO. He's very talented karate practitioner, but because of that, he has extremely low karate hands and is extremely twitchy, which can be a good thing. But at 205, he gasses pretty pretty easily he's on a two fight losing streak one split decision and then a pretty nasty tko at the hands of iwan kutelaba which that guy's kind of a dog nothing to sh nothing to hang your head there but this is also coming off kind of a pretty pretty bad skid because he's one of his last five just because he's two fight losing streak doesn't mean it's been all sunshine and rainbows before that um he's going up against a pretty hungry contender you know, Alexa Kamor was a Dana White Contender Series alum, and he had a very dynamic win. Flying knee knockout. I bring that up very specifically because that's going to come into play later. He's coming off for his first two losses. He has a 6-2 and two record, and both were decisions. He has not had a knockout in the UFC yet. Um, I don't really think that... I don't really think that this is going to be a very grappling heavy match. Let me just put it that way. If there's going to be much grappling, it'll be clinch work from uh, Kamor. He he likes the clinch. He's a Muay Thai guy. He likes the clinch a lot, but he muscles in the clinch a lot. So he's going to gas his arms pretty quickly. So I don't necessarily I don't necessarily see a knockout coming by hands. But Tanner Bozer has those low karate hands, and he has them wide. He's throwing punches from weird angles, so they have to be kind of low and wide. And that is perfect opportunity for a knee right up the center. I think that I think that Kimura is going to completely repeat his performance on the Contender Series. I think he's going to get a knockout by flying knee or just regular knee. Hell with it. Knockout in the second round or by decision. I can still see Kimura winning by decision. He has... Had a decision win. Yes, he's coming off two decision losses, but I see Bozer gassing a lot quicker with how twitchy he is, with how much he's jumping around, that karate background. It serves him well at times. He has had a lot of knockouts, 
but it has also bit him in the ass. He's had a lot of decision losses because of gassing. Sean, talk to me about this fight. Am I just gassing up the underdog in Kamor for no reason? Uh, no. I was very surprised to see Kamor be underdog at all in this fight. That stunned I, me. Yeah, that when I saw that, it almost the made plus me think of the line on that is ridiculous. Yeah, because I once again I'm looking on UFC site and I'm so I'm like, is it like last week <laughs> where I had the issue? But I'm like, uh, so I'm like, this looks pretty set in stone. I'm thinking Kamur is gonna probably finish him second or third round. He, he doesn't want it to go to decision, so he's no. gonna be aggressive. You already mentioned that Tanner has the issue with the cardio. I, uh, I think Kamur is gonna find, and if grappling has to come into play. The well-rounded, better fighter is Kamur. So I'm Absolutely. just so I'm gonna go. I'll go be a little different. I'll go third round. Uh, I'm gonna go third round. Uh, TKO. TKO. TKO in the third round. I. It's gonna be interesting. I think it. And I'm still. I'm sticking with clean knockout. I'm sticking with the clean knee knockout because I don't. I just Kamur's hungry. He wants that UFC knockout. He hasn't had it. He got a knockout on Contender Series, makes his promotional debut, and was good. He's coming off two decision losses. He has not had a knockout in the UFC. He wants that. He wants it bad. Gage, do you think well, he wants I'm it bad? I'm going to make it a little more clear and a little more specific. So it's going to be third round. Uh, Bozer's going to get knocked out. Okay. Clean? That's uh, I'm gonna go to that last. Uh, it's gonna be a spinning elbow. Spinning elbow. Going with the elbow, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be TKO. I think it goes to the ground, still conscious, but then it gets pounded into the dirt. Covers up. Yep. Kamor does have very great finishing instincts, and TKO is not out of the question for me. I just got I just got this feeling. You want just, you want the clean. Stiffen up. I want that. I want that flying knee. Like, like start of the second round. Start of the second round. Get him thinking about like maybe a shot. Get him thinking about you going in for the clinch. Get him to flinch a little bit. That knee. I, I, I think that's what's gonna happen. Moving right along the card, we've got some featherweight action. Gage, talk to me about Diego Lopez taking on Gavin Tucker at 145. So, if you just look at this straight up of their physical attributes. Uh, Diego Lopez is almost a decade younger. Has about, if I recall, either five or six inches in height on Gavin Tucker. And has about eight inches of reach on Gavin Tucker. So you look at that and you're like, oh, you, like that's so one-sided. But then you delve into it. This is Diego Lopez's second fight in the UFC. It wasn't a bad loss. He lost by decision in his first, in his UFC debut. Tucker Gavin has only two losses for a reason that he's been fighting in the UFC the last six years. He has been put in precarious spots with a lot of now high-end guys. So I can't really speak to it, how those high-end guys from six years ago really stack up because everyone gets better with now. So it really comes down to the age old youth versus experience. 
And man, Gavin, Gavin Tucker has taken a year off. He didn't fight last year. He's probably in excellent shape. Probably ran to go. Probably well rested. I'm going to go with experience on this one. As much as like all my instincts want to go with age. And he's fought a lot of high-end talent in UFC for a very long time. He has been there and done that. I think Diego Lopez has time to work on his skills and become something. But this is going to be a very, very rough fight if he does pull it out. But yeah. I think Gavin's going to take it by decision. Yeah, no, I've got to agree with you. I'm going, I'm going Gavin Tucker by decision as well. I, I can't ignore that experience. I really can't, especially with how Diego Lopez looked in his debut. He's this is this is too much for him. This is too much too soon. Gavin Tucker has fought at such a high level for a very long time. And he has a year off. He's rested. He's healthy. He has been training. This is not the best matchup for the up-and-coming Diego Lopez. I'm sorry. It's just not. I'm going with Gavin Tucker via decision. Sean, talk to me. What do you got? This looks like an underdog pick for us because I'm going the same thing. I'm going I'm going Gavin Tucker. I, I The significant strikes with that reach, is it's silly. It's How do you have that big of a reach and you don't have the boxing or the kickboxing, the Muay Thai? Like, you got to train something other than BJJ or something. It's insane. Oh, yeah. uh, this, uh, I think, Diego hurts him off. No, no, not Diego, sorry. Gavin oh, yeah. Tucker uh, hurts him often in this fight. Might even get a couple knockdowns. I say ground and pound third round for Tucker. Ooh, Tucker by ground and pound TKO in the third. I don't, I don't know if he's able to finish Diego. I think Diego is going to be able to tough him out. He's, you know, he is the younger guy. He's got a really, you know, intact chin as far as we know. But I don't think he, I don't think Diego wins. I this, will this say, though, if this fight was happening last year after Dan Inge uh, knocked him out, this is talking about Gavin, knocked him yeah. out in 22 seconds. This, we, have, we have a much different story, but he's taken a, a lot of time. He's healed. And he's I'm recovered. Sure ready. He's raring to go. Definitely. Absolutely. We're pretty much all locked in on Gavin Tucker here. So let's move right down on to some more light heavyweight action. We got Dustin Jacoby taking on Kennedy and Jukwu. This fight is kind of my dark horse for fight of the night. This fight's fun. Gage, bless you. <laughs> um, no, this this truly Yeah, is. I even muted myself to not even make a <laughs> deal out of it. Come on, Kyle. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The ADHD in my brain was like, say something. But, but thank I digress. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk some Dustin Jacoby versus Kennedy and Juku. Uh, and Juku is the light favorite at minus 155. Jacoby's closing at around plus 130. We've got kind of the kickboxer versus the more mixed martial artist, a little bit more clean, but still striker in Kennedy and Juku. Um, this is kind of an interesting one you know Dustin Jacoby is a true kickboxer like he competitively was kickboxing while he was in mixed martial arts up until about 2017 so he's definitely going to be that traditional kickboxing type he's got a little bit of a lower guard really really tough chin like he has taken some shots that I'm like damn 
I don't know how that guy's still standing. If there's anyone who can put him out, though, it's Kennedy and Juku, who just has power. He's dynamic. He is really just one of the more exciting fighters at 205 for me. He does have a three win streak going. Um, he's definitely more the complete MMA fighter between the two. He's got these really looping punches, though. He telegraphs he telegraphs his power shots pretty heavily, and that has led to some people being able to really adapt to his fighting style because he has that exposed chin when he's going for that big old looping hook. And when he has that exposed chin, perfect time for a kickboxer to shoot a front kick right up the middle. So this fight, I can see why the odds are so close. Both of these guys have only ever been knocked out once. It was a clean knockout for Kennedy and a TKO for Dustin Jacoby. I've gone back and forth on this fight several times. I'm going to go with the more dynamic, more complete fighter in Kennedy and Juku. I, I don't love it, though. Like, he can get caught at any point because when he loads up, he loads up and his chin is wide open. And if Dustin Jacoby can capitalize on that, he can absolutely put Kennedy and Juku out. Sean, talk to me about this fight. It's really close for me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not big on Kennedy. For some Ooh. reason, like I, I like his reach, I like his record, everything about it. But he's, like you said, the looping punches. I, I think Dustin gets right in there. He has 11 first round finishes for a reason, and I think this will be number 12. I think Dustin's gonna see those looping punches unless Kennedy sharpens up real quick. I think Dustin's gonna finish him in the first round. Wow. I think uh, Dustin. TKO, I don't know if it's going to be a clean knockout. I'm going to go TKO first round. Yeah, even though I'm going Kennedy, I'm still going TKO. I think it'll probably be second round if it's Kennedy and Juku. I can, but I like you said, I can absolutely see Dustin Jacoby taking advantage of those big looping punches that Kennedy and Juku has. Gage, talk to me about this fight. This is kind of fun. This is going to be a fun fight. This is going to be a stand and bang kind of fight between you two guys for sure. Uh, I see what you're talking about with the rounding of Kennedy and Juku, but I'm going to go off like opponents. They both have fought uh, Jong Daun. Dustin Jacoby knocked him out in the first minute and a half. A year before that, Kennedy got knocked out by Jong Daun in the second round. So I was analyzing that. I was like, oh, was it that much time in between? How much different of a fighter there are? No, the dude was the same. Six months later. So That's about as like for like as you get. I'm going to go off like opponents here. I think Dustin, no no pun intended, he dusts him in four, four minutes. Four minutes. Does it inside yeah, one I don't, round? I don't even think it comes out of the second round. I think... I think it's not even going to be... I think it's going to be flat out, clean, go to sleep, knockout. Knockout. Dang, knockout. Because Kennedy's been knocked out twice. So, it's... It's happened. He's been knocked out clean. So, I think it happens again. Unfortunately. Yeah. Damn, I'm even more on the fence now. No, I'll (laughs) stick with it. I'll stick with Kennedy and Juku. I'll ride with my guy. Moving right along to the co-main event. We have had a card with two last-minute replacements. 
one in the co-main, one in the main. Co-main event, Jessica Andrade is stepping in for the injured Virna Jandaroba. Um, this sucks. This sucks because I really like Jessica Andrade, and I don't think she's going to win this fight. She is facing Tatiana Suarez. She's, she's, she's facing Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana Suarez is 9-0. Tatiana Suarez is an Olympic athlete. She's an Olympic wrestler. Bronze medal Olympian. She also happens to be a two-time gold medalist jiu-jitsu world champion. Um, Tatiana Suarez is going to win this fight. I, I'm sorry. I love Jessica Andras. I'm a big Jessica Andras fan. I was very happy when she was able to become the strawweight champion because I was like, um, but no, this is not going to go her way. Like, this is probably the most straightforward pick -em. Like, last minute stepping in against one of the most dangerous, dangerous grappling artists in the 115 pound division i just there's no way that it is anything but tatiana suarez i'm gonna go darce choke round one round one darce choke i'm calling it gauge uh, i won't Talk be as bold to call what comes out of this <laughs> but i thought i was gonna have to fight in this episode about jessica and Josh not having a chance no i, I listen I, i'm a fan i'm a realist I also do enjoy when Jessica Andrade fights. He's just had awful stretch right now. Just coming off the like the knockout from Yan Jianan, which Yan Jianan is really good. This is what happens when you are fighting. Like we talked about and this with Dustin Poirier. This is what happens when you're fighting at the top and, of the division. And it's she's on a real rough patch right now. Just, I hope she does bounce back. But a short notice fight against someone who, before that four year layoff, has beat. Oh, names like Alexa Grasso, Carla, Carla Esperanza. Where are those people right now? Damn, last I checked, they were either holding gold or had to vacate it. Like, last time oh I checked. my God. So, before she took that time off, probably one of the best fighters in the, in the division. Oh, easily. Easily. So people probably forgot about her in that time off. Or like, look at it like, oh, Jessica Andrade, that's a familiar name. Has just to come bounce back. No, this is not the fight you bounce back on. This Especially is not on a short you. notice. That's, I think it's too much for her to kind, kind of swallow. She bit off more than she can chew kind of thing. This is a bad. This is, oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be ugly. Sean, let me know what's going to happen. Do you agree? Like, this feels like pretty, this feels pretty cut and dry. Uh, Jessica Andrade is the female version of Cowboy Cerrone. Fights anyone, anywhere, anytime. And luckily, she did win a belt, so I'll give her that. But she Funny. is just going to be she's going to be the stepping stone for the new top contender. And uh, Tatina Suarez, I, this might be a bold prediction, but I mean, she's undefeated. She's finishing almost everyone. She's going to be champion. She's going to be champion. Going, I think she's, she's going to be win. champion she's going to win very that. soon. Yeah, because you got the rematch of uh you got the rematch of Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso coming up. That's going to be and fun. And unless it's a really close fight that Valentina wins then they would do a trilogy. If it's anything other than that, I think Tentina if she finishes Andrade first round or even second round gets a finish of the number 5 ranked former champ like you you put her in as the number one contender 
You almost have to. And, like, and that's yeah, the yeah, thing because that everyone like, else there has lost to Valentina up there. So it's like if Valentina wins it back by something like crazy, it's like it's like, all right, yeah, she's already fought these guys. Here's a new name, put her in there. Yeah. And if Alexa wins, you this if she's it's smart, it's if Tatina's smart and she has her chael son in or Conor McGregor and is like ever to beat the champ. I took four years off. I'm gonna go whoop your ass again. It's like so, like legitimately, just learn how to talk a little bit, and you got a woman superstar coming out undefeated. Just talk some trash. Sometimes you need it, and Sometimes that's the big it. thing with the women's division right now. You don't have that spark plug right yeah. now. Other than Juliana is probably the one that pulls the best numbers right now. Yeah, because she's because she talks. She's letting it. Fl- she's letting talk. it go. She's letting it fly. Yep, that's the yeah. thing. Legitimately, Tia, Tatiana Suarez has a chance of being a megastar. I think. I don't think there's a doubt that she's going to be champion. If it's against Valentina, it's against Alexa Grasso. I think she will be champion against either one of them. She just needs to let the voice go now, yeah. just so she could build the paycheck. Yeah, she's got to call her shot, and I think she will. I think she's going to get a really dynamic win, and I think she calls her shot. I think yeah, it, like yeah. she's hungry. Yeah, yeah. She has been yeah. out for four years. She's hungry. She wants it. Mm-hmm. And she's fought some of the best fighters in the world already. She's 9-0, and yes, but she has fought the best. There's no, like yep. This is not too much too soon. This is not no. inexperience versus experience. This is a well-known name versus somebody that we forgot about, frankly. And we just forgot about it. And Tatiana Suarez is going to say, hmm, remember me now? That's what's going to happen. Moving right along the main event, we have another last-minute replacement. Rob Font stepping in for Umar Nurmagomedov. This is, you know, this fight's exciting. It's a little bit more cut and dry still because Corey Sanhagen is ridiculously good. Corey Sanhagen is a complete mixed martial artist. I've, I'm a big Corey Sanhagen guy. I love the kid. He is ridiculously talented. He's well-rounded. He is smart. And he is one of the cleanest strikers, I think, in the 135-pound division. And this is a really exciting fight. Like, this is just a good matchup between a really good striker and a really good striker. Like, Rob Font, he is 20-6, and six, and he's coming off of a win and a performance of the night bounce back performance like this fight is gonna be fight of the night i think like if one of those dark horses doesn't do it this is gonna do it because Corey sanhagen versus rob font is a train wreck that you want to watch for some reason you can't just you just can't look away like this is gonna be it's gonna start out clean it's gonna start out with Corey sanhagen piecing him apart on the outside sticking behind his jab but rob font is tough rob font is one of the toughest guys this is gonna get dirty this is going to get like phone booth, dirty boxing. This is going to get fun. And I definitely can see Corey Sandigan by decision. I don't think either man gets finished like we talked about a little bit earlier. But Gage, tell me what you think is going to happen. Watching that last Rob Font fight, I got someone there like, oh, his boxing is incredible. He's, Rob's in trouble. Rob picked him apart. It was, it was rough. <laughs> it was... A great fight to watch, but man, was it rough to watch. Just violent. And if oh. that catch weight. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to go Rob here. 
Ooh, Rob Font, you're taking the underdog. Even on short notice, like I Unless this is going, this is going everybody... against everything I normally do. I want you to know, Gage is one of the biggest proponents of short notice. You can't do it. This guy, this guy, yeah. this guy right here. He says yes. it. And right now he is telling you Rob Font on short notice is going to beat Corey Sanhagen. Like, it's, it could have come against a harder opponent too. Like, Corey is not an easy matchup no. by any means. But Rob Font looked like a man possessed his last fight. If he brings anywhere near that sort of energy, Corey's in trouble, man. Like he's in, like he's in deep. <laughs> really? If there's anywhere near the same Rob Font, Corey Sanhagen's gonna be on the outside though. Like that's the thing. Rob is gonna want to take it to that dirty, like like inside dirty boxing place. Rounds one and two, Corey's not gonna be there. He's gonna be sticking and poking, moving out. He's gonna be moving backwards a lot. Round one and two. You're real, dude. You're really hot on Rob Font for this fight. I, I'm, I'm big on Rob Font. <laughs> like, he's been slept on a lot. I mean, kept like at bay in the top five for years. He's always been for just years. like poking at that. He's and been poking at that. Just on the fringe, and he's on his way to making his last title push at 36. And he actually holds a little bit of reach on Corey. So Corey can't just stick him with the jab because he'll be in range for Rob too. But I think Rob's boxing is phenomenal. And his power is very, very high for 135. Even though this is catch weight at 140 because Rob's stepping in. I got to go Rob. I think, I think he gets to Corey in round three. Finishes him. Yeah, I think I think that's gonna be it. Wow, Corey Sanhagen has not been knocked out. He has been submitted. He has had three decision losses. He has not been knocked out. Yeah, I Rob can't see Font that. also hits like a fucking freight train though. So dude, Rob Font hits so hard, but I. That's the thing I've seen. It, Corey it, it's Sanhagen gonna be take so. It's gonna be so really close. hard punchers. It's gonna go out this this. It's kind of deceptively close. I but I I still. Yeah, late notice, Rob. You're coming in against a really clean technical striker. I think that this is going to be one of the best striking matchups we've seen in a while. But it's gonna like the Sandman is gonna edge it out. I just think that that's what's happening. Like, I just think that that's what's gonna happen. Sean, back me up here. So this oh, is Sean, not back a... me up here. <laughs> no. So this is not a complete like uh, short notice fight for Rob Font. He was in training camp because he has a fight a month from now. So he's already been in training camp. So it's not a total short notice fight. He's in shape. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, he's he's going to fight Song Yudong. The so guy yeah, stayed yeah. ready. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy for Sanhagen that this is not Umar because why are you doing that? It does not that make matchup. any oh, sense. That, so much. that was so bad. Legitimately, he was, he was pulling a Donald Cerrone move. Oh yeah, I'll just take fight your top guy. Oh, top prospect. Sure, don't, don't do that. that. Unless they don't pay you insane money, don't do that. That's not. This is not like NFL, NBA stuff like that. You just play whoever. No, this is fighting. You lose, you're. Pro there's chances you get cut. Don't fight the next prospect when you're this highly ranked. No, like, absolutely. Marab, if he like, fought Marab, yeah, yeah. If he fought Marab, I would have been okay with it. That would have been it. They, that's different. So with this fight, Rob, his last fight, it, it I was 
he was the underdog last fight too which oh. i was just like i put i'm like no i'm betting rob font he only loses loses against the dogs that's it that's the only guys he loses against he's a top tier guys and it was just an up-and-comer guy i was like no nah, nah rob font and he dominated he looked so good Corey sanhagen has looked really good the only thing that bothered me was rounds four and five against um cheetah vera he slowed down he pulled he off down significantly. He was so confident and he should have been. He was winning that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He won all three rounds. And the, the fact first that round that was a split decision, by the way. The fact that that was a split decision. That's disgusting. Yeah, that was stupid. That was the stupidest thing. Corey Sanhagen won that fight. The yeah, judges yeah, poured that through Marlon Barrow. What are you doing? Yeah. Why do you like this? Ask yourself mm -hmm. why. And then make yeah. a different choice. Anyway, yeah. keep going. So, basically, that's where it scares me is rounds four and five. Because the first three rounds, I think Sanhagen's going to do his thing. He might get hit a lot. Like, Rob Hunt will go into the fire to give you one. Oh, and yeah. That, that's he'll take, one to, he'll take yeah, two yeah. to give one. And yeah, his one, one is worth two. Yeah. He did it with Jose Aldo. Like, it's a, he don't care who you are. And uh, that's, that's where I'm scared with. And I did say earlier who I thought the fight of the night was going to be. And that was because I think this will be a finish and this will be an upset. This is going to be Rob Font in the third round. No! He's going, he's going to finish Sanhagen, round and pound TKO. So both of y'all think Corey Sanhagen is going to have his first knockout. I felt regardless this was bad for him. He should have waited for Rob. For Rob should have been the only fight he took. Only fight he should have taken. Really? Also, you got to realize, they're sitting in heavier right now. So that I think that helps Rob that more helps, than it helps that Corey. Helps that does help Rob. It they both have cardio. Uh, uh, mm -mm, they both have no. cardio. Corey Sanhagen so. by decision. Corey Sanhagen by decision. I'm sticking with it. You can't <laughs> convince me. Rob Font didn't have to cut me. all that weight. And he's still in camp. Still sparring. Normally for a guy at 135. No, this. I mean, this is going to be a great fight. I just... Oh, I yeah. Have, I have confidence oh, in Corey Sanhagen's chin. I don't think he gets put out. And I think he's able to outscore Rob Font. Rob Font's a dog. Do not, do not mistake me. I love Rob Font. Rob Font is going to give us a very exciting fight on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I'm still going to stick with it. I'm outnumbered here. I understand that. But Corey Sanhagen by decision. And that. And that's why you're three for five, five, not four for five with us, Kyle. That's this a, is you know what? Listen, this is underdog I'll, card. I will take my shots when I can. Because you know what I said? I said that Kevin Holland was going to get a sneaky submission against Michael Chiesa. And guess what? Sneaky submission. So I'll take my shots where I can get them. And I'll take my lumps where I need to. And with that, we have come to the end of UFC Fight Night. Sanhagen versus Font. It happens this Saturday, August 5th, in Nashville, Tennessee. That's what we think of the card. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Let us know in the comments below. We cannot wait to see you for the next episode. In the meantime, that's Gage. That's Sean. I'm Kyle. We'll see you later. You can argue him, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose. Most of the house call right here in the description of this video. So go out there and update your tailgate. Repertoire.